0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Manchester United under Ali Gunnar
1: Solskjaer. Manchester United have produced the impossible. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm Imran. Yeah, two of us here, as it often is, after a loss. Nobody wants to record and go through a depressing game. We're recording just a few hours after full-time off losing to Leicester City. Uh, first game after the international break, which is always just seems even longer than it is. Two weeks seems to be about two months. But yeah, we're finally back in action. And yeah, how we wish we weren't, right, Imran?
2: I mean, it was, a yeah, not a great result after the... Before the international break, and now if everyone was missing Man United, well, welcome back.
1: Yeah, I think the title of the last podcast was what? Manchester United ruining your weekend in 2021. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it was you and Colm on the last pod. And I remember listening to it after drawing to Everton and thinking, yeah, look, it's not great. I can understand why the mood is not, but, you know, things aren't that bad. But uh, this week things are that bad. (laughs) Seems like you were right to be that kind of depressed and uh, negative over there. But look, let's we'll jump straight into the game. But then, yeah, we will ask some bigger questions about what's going on uh, throughout the kind of group chat and. There's different questions coming from different people that we'll try and cover about Ole, about Ronaldo, about the midfield. Uh, and yeah, we'll tick off all of these things before we look ahead to some even more difficult games than we've had today coming up. Um But yeah, look, let's jump into the match, basically. I mean, uh, I, I was worried for this match, even pre-match, because um, obviously we've got players out. Uh, I thought it was going to be Lindelof Bay. I mean, I'd put out my predicted lineup, and I'd got ten out of eleven, and the only one was I'd put Bay rather than Maguire, because I did not think that somebody who's was just trained one day after that amount of time out would be thrown straight in. But I guess Ole was even more worried about the defense with uh, Varane out, and also yeah, maybe Fred out, a few couple of players unavailable due to internationals and injuries and everything. Um, but in the end, he's gone for Maguire, and for me. I think it was the wrong, bad decision, and that's how it played out. And for me, it was one of the biggest reasons we've lost today. Uh, do you agree with that, or do you see some even bigger issues than that? I mean, it's one of the
2: big reasons, one hundred percent. It's an unfathomably stupid thing to do. I like, and the thing, the thing, it's incredibly stupid. But we all called it in our group. I, I say we mm. called it. We, we, like all week, we were joking that he would just throw in Maguire just because that's the sort of thing that Ole does. And yeah, it proves it is the sort of thing that Ole does because he wasn't fit. He clearly wasn't fit. It was apparent to anyone watching the first second of the game where he couldn't control a pass from Shaw that he wasn't fit. His movement was sluggish. He was sluggish on the ball. He just he just wasn't himself. And, I mean, it's hard to expect him to be after, what, one training session after, uh was it a groin strain? I think yeah. his original due back date was nine days from now or something like that or seven days, like a week from now, basically. So he's basically come back a full week early after one day of trading. But it is so dumb, so dumb. And we have Bae, who's not a bad defender. It's not like we're bringing in some untested, unknown
1: whoever. It's Eric Bae who we put... Didn't he sign a contract earlier this year? Yeah, yeah, in the summer where there was a yeah. lot of stuff that he might leave in the end. Tuan Zebi went out alone. so yeah, by yeah. kind of stayed as a backup option. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a decent backup option. He played for Ivory Coast midweek, so he had some kind of minutes in him, uh, but not totally overplayed. I don't. I think he only played one game, not two. So yeah, I kind of thought he'll be relatively fresh. Uh, he's not played that much this season, and one thing about by is that even though he's liable to the odd just brain fart of some random thing, um. He is actually one of our fastest defenders. And when you've got, you know, Ianacho Vardy coming at you, then yeah, I actually think he could have done a good job today.
2: I mean, yeah, I think... he. Well, Here's the thing. He would not have been as bad as Maguire because that was a genuine zero to one out of 10 performance from Maguire. You give him one because he actually managed to make it onto the pitch. It was a all-time shocking performance from Maguire. And there is zero way that Bayer would be any worse. There's zero way that Phil Jones would have been worse. And like you have the Ole has these players in his squad, he has Eric Bay. He, he says, I mean, I'm sure he'll he must come into a, him signing a contract at some point. Oli must have to say, yep, he's part of my squad for us to tie him down to a contract. At what point, why is he not trusting him to play in a game against Leicester? I, I I can't I can't work my head around that. And it's like Ole does this though, he has players who he like without Maguire the world will fall apart? No, it won't. Like Maguire, indirectly or directly, was fault for all of our goals today all four goals were in a part either majorly or minorly due to Maguire usually majorly let's be honest and I cannot help but put that on Oli for starting him because he was not fit and it's just, it's just also like as you said we're playing Leicester who have two they play two strikers play Vardia and Ianacho so it's not like they've, he's got one striker to split between him and Lindelof to like kind of share he, he'll have one man on him the entire game and like he just wasn't comfortable shocking decision Really poor management. I don't think there's any way you can say it's not. It was a, a, a wise decision or a good decision or it would work well in hindsight because, like, there's very off. Very rarely does someone come back, like, forced back from injury and have a blinder. That very rarely happens. I'm trying. I'm struggling to think of one on the top of my head. Um. Yeah. I don't know why he does this either, as well. He, we have this culture now at this club where being injured is some sort of like negative. Obviously, it's negative, but like it's some sort of like negative as you as a person. You've got to be, you've got to play through the pain. You've got to come back from an injury early. And I don't, why? We have a huge squad of players for this reason. It makes no sense. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, there is a track record. Like you say, even McTominay, I'd say this season came back earlier than expected and was thrown straight in. And uh, Rashford in the past has maybe been played when you thought he might have had a bit of a rest. And yeah, he is back today, but at least does look fit. It's taken his time to come back, uh, so yeah, like that is the problem that it's a slightly recurring issue. And today, yeah, I totally agree with you, there's no defense you can have for that. I thought it was a bizarre, bizarre decision to throw him in straight away, but like you said, you weren't that surprised either, but you were still <laughs> thinking, no, oh, this time he'll give by a run out. Um, but no, and yeah, I think I agree with you as well that in every goal, in some way, either directly or indirectly, Maguire is to blame there. Um, And then, you know, the other question mark on the lineup is always the midfield. And I had, I thought this was the midfield Ole would go with, um, just because Matic is fresh and he's actually been playing relatively well. And I'd say definitely at halftime, maybe not so much second half, but I thought he was probably our best player around halftime. Pogba as well, I expected to come in. Fred obviously was unavailable because there was some totally ridiculous scheduling with the South American qualifiers and they only played yesterday like in the early hours of yesterday uh, and now i think they have to go and quarantine as well they they can train and they can play but they have to go and live in some hotel somewhere uh so it's all a load of covid nonsense basically um but yeah he's gone with pogba matic pogtich i i, I thought pogba was not very good today uh no you know, he's played two matches in the international break and then again this question mark comes on that Donny van der Beek is totally fresh, has not played any minutes in the last couple of weeks. And Matic and van der Beek have played together quite a few times. They've often been quite a comfortable partnership. Uh, So, yeah, you you know, you say if these kind of games is not even getting any minutes, then when is he ever going to? So that's the kind of recurring theme there. But, yeah, you know, at the same time, we say that, but we, we actually, I, I, wasn't, I was going to say we started this game well, which is absolutely not true at all. Uh, <laughs> we, saying, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't start well at all. And, yeah, a lot of that was down to Maguire. But we did go 1-0 up after kind of uh, taking in some early pressure. Uh, Mason shoots an absolute worldie. And, yeah, we're actually winning this game 1-0. That's why it's even more disappointing, you know, to go away uh, to Leicester go one up and then just capitulate after that just makes it even, even worse. Um, but yeah, look, let's at least just focus a little bit on that Mason goal since it was one of the highlights of a depressing day. Um, you know, Bruno gets an assist here, but he's not done that much in this goal at all. It's all about just an absolute outstanding finish um, from, yeah, one of our most exciting young players, right?
2: Uh, yep. Amazing goal. Uh to make this day worse, I missed the goal because that's the time that my stream decided to stop working for that five minutes. So that was nice. Uh, But yeah, absolute worldy from Mason. Got that in his locker, obviously. And I mean, I I find it funny because obviously in Mason's head, he just goes, can I shoot now? Can I shoot now? I can shoot now. And then he shoots. And like, people say that's greedy and oftentimes it is. Like frustratingly, so say against, um, was it uh, Villa?
1: Yeah, there's quite a yeah, few Villa, times. Yeah, yeah he had an but then again, it should have
2: passed. Like you can, like today, you can see why because I couldn't see anyone else scoring apart from Mason today, and yeah, a couple of chances as well, a couple of shots cutting onto his left, and it's just he's so dangerous um, that yeah, I'm like, you're kind of happy with him shooting because he's such a good finisher and he can bang it into the top corner like that. Uh, superb goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, right. his shot conversion rate is absolutely ridiculous. I think if you look at the kind of XGs of certain players, he's right up there, at, uh, you know, outperforming his expected goals based on the chances. So, yeah, he does score some ridiculous goals within there. And as you say, he does often take the ball and seems a bit greedy. And I thought, saw this kind of parallel. And I listened recently. There was uh, Rude Van Nistelrooy it was on the Man United podcast. And they asked him about, you know, this kind of bit of fallout he had with Fergie. And it was over Ronaldo. Uh, when you know, Ronaldo was a young player, and when he was first coming in, he was pretty greedy. He would not always know which was the right time to pass, which was the right time to shoot. And it's quite famously well known now that Ruud van Nistelrooy told Fergie that, yeah, I don't think uh, this guy is the right player, and he's not up to it. And obviously, he was proven completely long in time, and now says himself that, yeah, I was wrong. But there's parallels now, funnily enough, with Ronaldo. I've seen him quite a few times, obviously not being happy, when balls don't come into him from Mason, especially maybe even a little bit from Sancho. But yeah, I think Sancho is the one who's more likely to kind of try and create something and make a pass, even though possibly it's not the kind of pass Ronaldo's looking for every time because he's used to a different kind of striker. Um, but yeah, from Mason, I can see that. And they say, yeah, it's this kind of ironic parallel going back to when it was Van Nistelrooy waiting for the young Ronaldo to pass to him and not being happy. So now Ronaldo is not happy because he's not getting the service from that side. But, uh, yeah, look, when Greenwood scores a goal like that, you can't really complain about it. And he is that kind of level of talent as a teenager. I mean, as a teenager, I'd say he's ahead of where Ronaldo was at a similar age. Uh, Mm. Not that, you know, that means he can never go on to the same kind of level. But, yeah, at the same age, he's way ahead of where Ronaldo was for sure. Um, I think it's probably only Rooney that I can remember that we've had that that at a similar age has scored this many goals. Uh, So, yeah, look, top, top player. But, we throw that away, you know, pretty soon after. And that first goal, uh, that, that one is the one where you have to say it's totally on Harry Maguire. I saw a few people saying, you know, hospital pass from De Gea, but I didn't think no. that bad a ball. Uh, it wasn't it's the not. best ball, but anybody can easily clear that, take it, he had time. Uh, you know, he's getting pressed, but yeah, you have to expect that. It's, it's not a surprise that Ianacho is going to be coming and absolutely hunting you down for that ball. So there's really like no excuses whatsoever and the worst thing was it was actually our free kick and you know it's like seconds later from our, us having our own free kick that we concede a goal and there's a bit too many times this is happening and uh you know if we look at like the bigger picture of where is our play falling down this season because yeah at this point you have to say we haven't had a good start to the season um and it's all about the defense the defense just seems to fall apart completely uh you know, and I did think this was an issue for us last year. The thing was that Varane was supposed to come in and shore this up. And all right, he's not playing today. But it's just a general issue even when he has been playing. That, you know, we've hardly kept any clean sheets at all. And, yeah, we've simply just given away too many goals this season. And another four today. So, mm. yeah, I don't really know what's happened to our defence. You know, I thought we had a really good, solid defence on paper. Uh, wan Bisaka, Shaw... I mean, Maguire when he's fit, but yeah, a lot comes down to that. But as I say, we're focusing a lot on Maguire playing today, but it's been a general issue throughout this season, our defence. I mean, how many bad goals have we given away? Uh, you know, is it midfield issue or do you think it is down to the uh, all the blame lies on the defence? Because De is having a good year, so it's not on him this time. Um, So yeah, it's either in the midfield or in the defence, basically. Well, we, we are not a
2: very well-organised team. You have to say that.
1: But we so, have had... We've had we, like one year ago, or even before, our defense was better than this. Like we were not giving away that many goals, keeping quite a few clean sheets, and it was more on the creativity we weren't creating. Whereas this season, our defense we've we've not been this leaky uh, under Ole before. No, I just I I would look at today, and there's just a general lack of
2: organization. Like I don't know, it just doesn't seem to me like we are well drilled, well structured when we don't have possession of the ball, and that is. Um, proven by how easily our midfield gets bypassed, how easily it is to get down. There is no part of our our team, our back four, be midfield where you can't where you think an opponent struggle going to get in, struggle to get into there, then getting down the right and getting down the left and getting through the middle. Like there isn't a structure to our defense where we look well organized and we look like a solid unit. There is never like in pretty much every single game this season, apart from Leeds. There have been times where we've been under pressure and it doesn't look like we are in control of the situation at all. Like we're under pressure and you think we could concede at any moment. Not we're under pressure, but we've got this we've got this covered. It's not that at all. Um and like, yeah, one clean sheet out of 19, when when De Gea has been brilliant as well, is it's shocking that. That is absolutely shocking.
1: It is, and you know, I'd expected that we were gonna have such a good defence this year. Uh, I think it was uh, Not it was actually not last season, it was the season before where we had almost the best defence in the Premier League, I think we were only a couple behind City that year and, but yeah, this year it's just, yeah, not happened anywhere near. or maybe it was actually last season, no, it was last season uh, so yeah, that's why I just can't understand how bad our defence has got you know, I, but we have to say that we've got to like, it's 1-1 one, one at half time, second half we come out. Well,
2: before we Before we from, move on from the goal, It's worth saying it was a brilliant finish from Tielemans even still. Like an incredible goal. Like that's two goals in that first half of high quality. Maguire, yeah, yeah. to hit I that mean, corner.
1: Oh uh, yeah, just
2: inch perfect. On Maguire, I think this goal doesn't happen if he's fit, fully fit because when you're not fully fit, when you're just coming back, you are trying to, cons- like, you're not just playing your natural game. You're conserving yourself. You're like, you could tell like Maguire just wasn't natural with his movements and he's saving his movements and natural Maguire just takes two, literally people are saying the hospital pass from All he has to do is take two steps towards the ball, not even sprint towards the ball, just two steps towards the ball and he gets it. And I think he does that normally, but he's just trying to save himself, conserve himself. Doesn't take those two steps and he gets robbed. And I think again, that comes down to just him not being fit.
1: Oh no, totally. And I think, like you say, you can go to all of the goals and somewhere in there, Maguire's out of position or missing well, something. They, he might they
2: all come down. They all come down to him not moving. All of the goals come down to him not moving, probably because he's not fit and therefore doesn't have his natural movements. The second one, he stays back when everyone moves out, not moving. The third one, he doesn't go to Vardy, not moving. The fourth one, he literally doesn't follow a guy who moves right past him, not moving. All of them, doesn't move.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, there is other errors, obviously, in some of the goals. And uh, if you look at them, you know, I think a couple of weeks past earlier in the season, we were doing which was the best goal of the day. And we were talking about Leeds and Newcastle United uh, And today. You have to go say, yeah, which was the worst goal that we've conceded today. Oh. Um But yeah, there's all sorts of errors. And that's the most worrying thing for me. I mean, we have to say, as I say, it was 1-1. We weren't playing that well, but the game was relatively even around half time in terms of possession, in terms of shots. Second half and late in the game is where we just throw it away. I mean, it's actually not till the 78th minute. So you've only got like 10, 15 minutes of the game left and looks like we're going towards maybe a 1-1. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Leicester had started putting a bit of pressure then, you know, which is rare for him. Ole makes the first move where Rashford comes in. And yeah, it's great to see him back. Uh, Sancho comes out. I mean, wh- what did you think of Sancho today? I've given him a bit of stick and just said, look, I had quite high expectations and he's not done that much yet. But I did think in our last game for us and even for England that he'd look pretty decent. Um, but what did you think of Sancho today? Pretty
2: anonymous, unfortunately. Um, more like the Sancho that we've seen for us rather than that Sancho against Andorra. Though let's be honest, Andorra are a pretty terrible side. Um, but yeah, just he seems very unadventurous in his play currently.
1: Um, Yeah, I'd said that earlier. That yeah, he's playing very safe balls, mm. uh, just trying to keep hold of it. I don't know whether he's struggling with the system. Whether he doesn't seem to have much link with like Ronaldo at all. He does have some better kind of play with Shaw, and there's definitely they're coming onto the same wavelength. Mm. But between him and Ronaldo, like there's not that many times they're linking or playing like the right balls at all. He
2: tried that one pass to
1: Ronaldo early on. It didn't come off, and it felt like that was a sign to him
2: that said, "Right, I can't do that again," or something. Even it wasn't even a bad, wasn't a terrible attempt. It was like a couple of a couple of yards too quick, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's like that happened. It's like I no, can't do that again. And the thing nope. is, we bought, we, we signed him to be what a right winger. He's played maybe I think one once on the right wing for us, and obviously you can't really take Greenwood out of the side. Fair enough, Greenwood's been excellent, but it. I, I still think Sancho, to me, when he plays, he looks more like he's a natural right winger because he likes to go down that line. Even when he's on the left-hand side, his instinct is to go down the line. But then once he's down the line, he needs to check back inside. Whereas you think if he's on the right, then he's going to play that across. Um, so I would like to see him more on the right, but you can't because you can't, can't really tech Greenwood out. But then maybe when we rotate. But I, I do feel like he played once on the right. He wasn't great. So maybe that goes against that. But I think that's, that does seem like his, his position and you can kind of see why with how he plays. He doesn't seem like the inverted winger. say,
1: Rashford is? He's played a lot on the left, even for Dortmund. Uh, I think a lot of people thought, yeah, he's the solution to our right-sided problem and he's going to play there every week. And the fact is, if you go back and look, he's played a lot on the left as well. So yeah, he is just kind of a versatile attacking player who can play both sides. And in fact, I think I even saw some stats thrown out for his last season and where he was actually hitting much better stats, goals, and assists from the left side than from the right. Uh, so, yeah, he can do both. And, yeah, even for England, he paid on the left side. But, yeah, I, he today there wasn't enough from him and it was a bit more, like you say, too safe and not playing enough of the killer balls. And, you know, we're talking about a player who's got like a record number of assists, uh, the top in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I, we're not seeing it at all. You know, it's, he's not tr- creating, he's not playing those balls, always seems to be coming inside and it's not the right ones for the players going there. Uh, you know, Rashford came in great to see him. Leicester make two changes like soonish after that. And that really did seem to change the game towards them. And it was Madison and Inacho came out. We'd both actually given us a lot of trouble, but he threw on fresh legs in Perez and Daka. And it's from then on that we just lose this match completely. Uh, it's literally like about five minutes after Perez comes on that he then comes in and assists for that goal. Uh, and yeah, that, that was from there. I don't know. I, uh, <coughs> how was that? And that's just about the set pieces again, right? Uh you Yeah. Know, we, I had said a couple of weeks ago that it looks like our set piece record is improving. And we were giving some kind of kudos to the new set piece coach. But uh, today it happens again. But yeah, I, I think as we've said many times, it, for me, it just goes down to Maguire again, really.
2: Yeah. I mean, set pieces are our downfall. We know this. Um We're not on an organized side. um shown fully in our set piece defending, which is so unorganized. Uh, two more goals from set pieces today, but yeah, on oh, Maguire really. He's got to be moving out with the side. I don't know what he's doing in there. He's just kind of ball watching and waiting for the ping pong to arrive at his feet. I don't know. I just again, d- didn't see him with it at all. And yeah, just a simple tapping for Sion Um, I actually thought Madison was having a poor game and we were quite lucky that he was having a poor game. He was kind of getting fouled a bit and making some runs, but I don't think he was doing anything influential, but I thought I was having a very good game for them, so I was kind of happy when he came off, but Turns out it was actually a good move because Daka scored that fourth. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, we we're saying which is the worst goal. The third goal for me, I mean, how can you concede fifteen seconds after you've just got back into the game? Just shows a complete poor mentality from the side. Um, Wambsacker diving in on the right, Neva Lindelof or Maguire picking up Jamie Vardy. Like, it's, I'm sure they don't need lessons on who Jamie Vardy is. Yes, he's got good movement, but I mean, he's got five yards in the middle of the box there. And they can see he, he hasn't actually moved a lot for that goal. Um, I don't know how he's got that much space. And yeah, just to do that after we've just got back into the game, is, it's criminal.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you because that was the killer goal. Uh, you know, when you go 2-2 and it was a route that we've gone before, Lindelof to Rashford with a long ball getting in and Rashford timing it right. You know, we've missed that from Rashford. Uh, We had exactly that link up a few times last season. Uh, And yeah, sometimes it was Bruno to Rashford or even Pogba to Rashford. And yeah, it's great to see him back, great to see him smash it in. And yeah, the killer timing of how quick, I mean, it said 15 seconds or something from like the restart to that being in the back of our net is just unforgivable. Uh, As I said, it's Perez who'd only come on like five minutes before who comes through and just everybody ends up ball watching. I mean, it's the kind of defending that me on a Saturday morning and just our kickabout would be pissed off about that their star striker main guy is unmarked. I mean, there's just no possible explanation for that. Uh, And, you know, two players go to Perez, he slips it through, fair enough. Um, But, yeah, there's just no way he should have that much time and space. to just, yeah, it's a a nice finish, but still. And, yeah, you know, the game came down to an absolute ridiculous five-minute spell right there. As I say, Mm. Perez comes on, and then the Daka comes on a few minutes later. And then, basically, one minute later, they score. We make two subs, McTominay and Lingard come in, Matic and Greenwood go out, and two minutes after that, Rashford gets his goal. And one minute after that, they go back to 3-2. And, and you thought maybe we still had a chance of coming back into this, but we didn't really create or deserve to go 3-3. Did not
2: did McTominay and um, Lingard not come on after the
1: third goal? No, they, they came on. They came on in the 80th minute just after they'd gone 2 1 ahead. Oh, yeah? right. After so, they'd gone 2 1, McTominay and Lingard come in, Matic and Greenwood go out. So we did go 2 2 like a couple of minutes later.
2: What does it say? There's two things about this. What does it say that one, Ole thinks that if we need a goal, McTominay is the person, not Van der Beek? Uh, that's one. And two, what does it say that Greenwood, easily, easily, uh, our better player of our front six on the day. um, And easily the one who's looking most likely to score is the one who comes out and not Ronaldo or Bruno.
1: Yeah, and I think there is definitely something in this not wanting to sub Ronaldo. There There was a lot of focus after that Everton game and I actually thought it was a bit ridiculous about saying, oh, Ronaldo should start this game. And there was loads of pundits coming out saying, oh, such a big mistake. And Alex Ferguson actually did not help Ole at all by coming out and this kind of video came out with him with that MMM, MMA guy that I can't even remember his name. Khabib. I'm in, yeah, I'm not into MMA. so
2: Khabib Namangamidov.
1: Yeah, whatever, you like go. I say. I don't, I've i never watched <laughs> one of those fights in my life. Got, they're just these random geezers who pop up. But, yeah, he put that thing where Ferguson is caught on video saying, oh, you know, you have to start with your best players. Uh, and actually, Khabib was kind of arguing Ole's case. He said, well, he did come on and whatever. But, yeah, I thought, like, the focus on this was mental because we were winning 1-0 and playing pretty well before Ronaldo came on. And as far as I'm concerned, in that Everton game, once he came on, we were worse. Because uh, Cavani was doing a load of hard work up front, pressing around, whereas Ronaldo doesn't really do that kind of hard work for the team. He's just waiting for the chances. Uh, so I don't know like, why there was so much saying that, how can he leave out this player? Because I thought the team that went out at Everton was absolutely the right team and did should have won that game. Apart from, again, giving away a bad goal. Um, but yeah, today, Ronaldo, his almost anonymous uh you know he's got the least touches of anyone in our team which is not that surprising the striker often is the player who has less touches but there is definitely now a big kind of talking point about is has Ronaldo kind of I don't want to say ruined but yeah kind of messed up our team building that was going on you know I actually thought that Ole was building a good squad a good team spirit which is still there there was kind of players were getting on the same wavelength. Now, all of a sudden, like Sancho and Ronaldo players who are not part of that have been thrown in. And it's almost like taking a step back and trying to integrate these players. Whereas, you know, I thought we were doing pretty well and a bit extra here and there could have made the difference. I mean, I know Cavani is not available today, But Greenwood has not played up front much this season. And I think he should play up front. Then, you know, maybe you say Sancho can play right. And then maybe Pogba plays left. uh, Van der Beek comes into midfield. I mean, there is a lot of other options than is just constantly having to play Ronaldo up front every week. But I know we've had this conversation before and you said, well, look, Ronaldo is going to demand to play. He has to play. And it was the same thing with the penalties. You know, he wants to take the penalties, but in the end, Bruno did take it. Uh, I mean, look, where are you on Ronaldo now? He's been here it's a month, just a month and a half. And obviously, he absolutely smashed it when he first came in, scored those goals. Everybody was so happy. But now there's been a few games where he's not linked up that well. And if he's not scoring a goal, he's not doing that much for the team. Mm. I mean, I was worried originally
2: when Ronaldo came. I think me and Ed were the dissenting voices in our group, uh, just because... I was pretty happy with Cavani and Mason as our and then Rashford as third and Martial a distant fourth as our upfront striker options for the season. I was quite I was quite happy with that. Thought Cavani obviously finished that season brilliantly. He'll put in the work as a forward, um great finisher, great header and I think he would do a great job as our leading number 9 for the season. Ronaldo kind of comes in and then he obviously has to be then the lead. Like there is you can't bring Ronaldo in as a reserve that just doesn't happen. And then not only that, but then you get this thing where I, I mean, I was surprised that he didn't start Everton. I was happy for it as well, like you, but you get this point where he becomes this player who, if he's not in the squad, that's a, if he's not starting, that's a talking point. If he is starting, you can't sub him, apparently, like you just, because of, of, you know, the reaction of him, what it means for the pre. like, I don't, I do not think Ollie is strong enough to, to sub Ronaldo. Um, and then that, there's issues that come with that, and like games like today, where he's just he's just not doing anything, and you just think, I'd like to see. I mean, if Cavani was on the bench today, wouldn't you want to see Cavani up front instead of Ronaldo? But you wouldn't. That wouldn't happen. You'd probably bring he'd probably bring Cavani on for Mason and Ronaldo would be shoved out wide. Um, so it just becomes it just presents itself with a litany of problems, really. And Ronaldo would be a great signing if we were a solid team and we just needed that final piece kind of thing, and you'd put him up front and then. We were an attacking, we were like some sort of smooth attacking unit and then all the goals would go through him. Fabulous. But we are not that. And it's kind of, it has messed us up a bit. Um, because he's Ronaldo, he will score lots of goals. Like the Villarreal one, the West Ham two. like That'll happen because he just, just by virtue of being Ronaldo, the greatest goal star of all time. But as a team, yeah, unfortunately, it is negatively affecting us right now.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, do you think Ole has to be braver and has to take him out, well, like, you know, today when it's not happening and has to rest him a bit more? As I said, I was glad that Ole rested him for that Everton game. and said, right, Ole is being brave, that well, as it helps the squad. You know, Ronaldo, he can't play every game, so does he has to sit out, and especially when we've got options like Cavani, even if he wasn't there today. Uh, as I said, today, you know, it could have been Greenwood playing up front. And then we go from there, especially, you know, Ronaldo's played twice and travelled a lot midweek. Uh, so, yeah, he's playing two times a week for two weeks in a row and he's not getting any younger. Um, so, yeah, for me, it shouldn't be a big deal for him to sit out now and again or maybe play 60 minutes. But as I say, the whole aura around him just create an issue. And will he kick up a fuss? I don't know. I don't know. That's up to Ole. He's the manager. These are the calls he has to make. He has to decide, you know, when a player's coming in and out and it shouldn't be dictated by a player, even if it is Ronaldo. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the Ronaldo thing is becoming a big question mark. I mean, whatever happens, I still think we had to sign him. Like, at that point, given the opportunity, and maybe that if we hadn't taken an option on him, he would have gone to City. I still say we had to sign him. Uh, But for the good of the kind of team, for the good of the squad, was it the best thing? probably not and we have to see how we kind of sort this out now um you know that's the Ronaldo question and then obviously this big question going up to the age-old debate Ole in Ole out uh I think you even on the last pod was kind of going towards saying I'm not sure if Ole is the one and as I said I thought it was a little bit harsh at that point because at that point we are still kind of only two points off top spot, even though it wasn't a great start to the season. And, you know, if you're staying around two points in the top spot in the top four are coming up to Christmas, then, yeah, you're not that worried. But this now is going to be a week where City win, where Liverpool win, where Chelsea win, and we lose. And that's going to make a massive difference already. You do not want to be playing catch-up with these kind of competitors in the Premier League. And we know that our run coming up now is absolutely crazy. Uh, Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester city are our next three premier league matches with a couple of games against Atalanta thrown in the middle. Uh, so I think, I think that is our five matches that takes us up to the next international break. Um, and yeah, that kind of month or so it's going to be the making or the breaking of Ole now, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, I think there's arsenal in there as well, somewhere as well. um, it's a, it's a crazy, I mean, I think even like if you look at the next nine fixture, I think it's crazy. Um, yeah,
1: exactly. It goes longer than that. So yeah, the next five, we've obviously, we're at home to Atalanta, we're at home to Liverpool, then we're away at Tottenham, away at, at- Atalanta, home to City, then there's another international break. Then we have Watford, Villarreal away, Chelsea away, and Arsenal at home. That's and it, yeah. T- takes us to December. So
2: it's I mean, t- it is mental. It is feasible from that, all those runs, that run of games, we win like three games, two games. That is, I mean, I said it on the last pod, it's feasible that we would, uh, so including this game, not win until we play Watford.
1: Yeah, and Which we have to remember is, that. Is crazy. I, I want to make sure to remind that any of our, if there's any new listeners out there, that Imran is generally our glass half-full member of the podcast. He's always more on the negative side. And even when we do much kind of predictions for the next game, he usually thinks we're going to draw or lose. Um, But no, look, it is an absolutely crazy run of games. And that was the thing. We were supposed to have a relatively easy start to the season where we could kind of rack up some points. And we've not got anywhere near as many points as we should have done, especially the games like, you know, uh, Aston Villa, Everton. So, yeah, there's been points dropped there already. And then, yeah, now it's another loss. And it's actually been a really bad month because we've lost, I think, yeah, it's looking at now like four matches since losing to Young Boys. Uh, so, yeah, it's not been, it's been a terrible run, basically. I mean, I, I'm still not talking anything about Ole out. I think it's absolutely fair, though, that people are asking questions because the expectation level is totally different and it should be different after that kind of summer where he's been backed very well with uh, Sancho, Varan Ronaldo coming in. There now is no excuses and we should be keeping up with the top big boys in this league now and yeah look, if, and at the same time you say it's feasible that we lose but it's also feasible that we beat Liverpool and we beat Man City And, you know, Ole has shown in the big games before that when he's needed to, he can pull out a result that nobody's expecting. Uh, You know, I can remember going with even lower, lower expectations into some of these games, uh, you know, last season and the season before, and Ole surprising everybody and Mm. turning it around there. So sometimes it is those kind of games where it brings out the best in our team.
2: Yeah, to be fair, like we could... Beat Liverpool next weekend. I don't see it personally, with with how they're playing and how we're looking. I just, yes, Oli likes to pull these result out results out of thin air. If it was City, I might think maybe because he has that thing against City where somehow we just managed to win. But I'm not sure. About, I mean, we haven't beaten Liverpool in the league at Old Trafford for a while. We beat him in the FA Cup last year. Um, I think we both played quite different sides that day, but uh, we didn't beat him in the league. Um, but yeah, I, do, I mean, I today really put me on the the Ole out side of things. I just don't think it's going to... Are you
1: saying Ole out tomorrow, right now, it's done, I'm finished? I mean, yeah, because I
2: do not see how... I do not see us challenging for a league or challenging for anything of importance with him in. And at at that point, what is the point? Yeah,
1: I mean, at the moment, I say Ole deserves time to see what he can do with this team. Uh, it's too early in the season to be talking about sacking the manager, especially, you know, when new players have come in, players have been out and everything like that. But I think by the time we get to around uh, Christmas time, well, yeah, I mean, all right, as I say, forget Christmas time. This now run game that's coming up. It was a 10 game run. We've already had game number one of that 10 game run and it takes us to December. This is, the, uh, this is the kind of nine, ten games which really can show us where we're at. And yeah, if after those ten games we're still in the top four, around the top, then yeah, I, I, you can't really moan with that. Uh, you know, it's this week is the first time we fall away from that. As I said, we were, for all the depressing mood around the club and all the negativity after our last result, we were still only two points off the top of the league. Um, but yeah, this is the week where we now that ends up being five points off the top of the league or even more. Um, but, so, yeah, so
2: like, but can I ask, do you, do you honestly, do you, can you honestly say that you believe Ole could might mount a serious title challenge?
1: I look at the moment. It's difficult to say yes. Cause of the way we're playing. Uh, I, I you know, I've thought a lot about why are we playing this badly? And we were actually playing better last season? Um, I, and it is a lot to do with how ronaldo's come in new players have tried to be integrated and maybe they're being integrated too quickly uh, whereas you know players who were delivering for us have been left out, and yeah, you know you might say that the likes of Jesse Lingard deserves to play more. Uh, you know even Cavani could have had more minutes already this season, but yeah, Ronaldo, I mean not Ronaldo, Rashford has not been available yet anyway, and he is just coming back in there. And I think some people forget how big he was for us last year, especially in the early part of the year. He wasn't great in the in and I think there's too much always people remembering the most recent, but in the early part of last season, Ronaldo was absolutely carrying us and was, you know, he wasn't taking penalties and was still one of our top scorers to have him back in. There is a big thing for this run of games coming up now. And uh, he was looking pretty fit to me and that, that he comes in straight away and gets a goal is absolutely brilliant. And I did see, you know, people getting on his back a bit like towards the end of last season when he was quite clearly playing with an injury, Oh, um, what?
2: Are someone playing with an ninja under us? <laughs> shock, shock, <laughs> horror.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you say, you can say then that, that is a negative again on Ole because, yeah, it's becoming, it becomes a recurring theme, whether it's Ronaldo, uh, whether it's Maguire today with McTominay, that, yeah, these play there is other players who should be given chances and we don't need to be throwing them back in. But yeah, as I say, I, I don't really think that much about is Ole the one who's going to mount a title challenge? I'm not sure myself, right? All I say is that he's done a good enough job for two years to deserve to have a chance to see what he can do with this squad now this season. Um, for me, I'd normally say I'm not really even assessing where we're at this season until Christmas. Uh, I might say, look, this run of games that's coming now takes us to December. So, yeah, by the start of December, we can definitely have a look. And, you know, you start talking about obviously there has to be like a minimum level. What is your minimal kind of expectation? And I say, look, we have to be staying around like top four by Christmas to have any chance of then saying we can still make some kind of title run going into the new year. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. As long as we stay around there, I would not be calling for his head. And then, yeah, it's up to him to see what he can do and fix these issues off around Ronaldo, around Sancho, mm. and find the right kind of ingredients to put together the best team that is out there. Because I think at the moment, he's not playing the best team. He's trying to put in the best players and hoping it works. And it's not working. And I think he needs to go back to players who were doing it. And if that means leaving out Ronaldo, Then he's gonna have to make that decision.
2: Um, I mean, I don't do you trust him to make that decision? It's a hard one. Um I guess I understand I understand that point of view, like, of him deserving a chance, etc. But because I'm so adamant in my belief that by December we will completely be out of a title race, like I just I don't see how he will turn it around to the point where we'll be in one again i just don't see the point in keeping him around because i genuinely don't think he's the man who's be able who's able to do that
1: yeah i mean i will say to you that if we rewind 12 months i'm pretty sure you were saying exactly the same thing 12 months ago and we had a ah, but 12 start- months ago
2: i didn't expect us to be in a title race
1: yeah, and we well, did end say. up in a title race. Well, we didn't. We didn't. Come
2: on. We, were we didn't end up league- in a bit title <laughs> race.
1: We were top of the league at the turn of the year, right? If we're t- if you're top of the league around Christmas, the turn of the year, then you Didn't City have a load of
2: game in hands at that point?
1: one, maybe game in hand. or they were made, There was one point where they had two games in hand, but I think that was only for like 24 hours or something. Um... But look, we were top of the league going into the new year. I know in the end that we were quite a few points behind, but as far as I'm concerned, we were in the title race. If you come second, if you spend some part of the season, especially the new year, yeah, you know, you say things, what happens before Christmas is not that important. But once you're past that Christmas, once you're into the new year, if you're top of the league, then say, yeah, you are in the title race, especially if you Mm. end up coming second. And so yeah look we, we had a worse start to the season last year and we did pull it out from there this season i would say our competitors are way stronger because obviously liverpool had injury issues chelsea were a bit lost and changed their manager whereas they're both looking strong although you know i say strong liverpool are on good form chelsea today have eked out a win with like a 0.2 xg uh versus yeah or according to the stats brentford should have won that game but that is actually the problem with us at the moment we're not pulling out that kind of average performance but keeping a clean sheet and just managing to knit one it's the defense which is absolutely falling down for us at the moment and that is where we need to solve it and a lot of that does go to the midfield you know we haven't talked much about Paul Pogba in this particular game because it was terrible well it's that constant thing of when he comes into the pivot that it just doesn't work and we just end up being so open and giving so much play to the other team I mean and we've already talked about him on this podcast before, and I can't remember who it was, maybe Colm, who even more than a year ago said, listen, this is a player we should be looking to bring in. And he is a damn good player. And yeah, we have to say as well that today, Leicester didn't even have DD who's another mm. player who some people have said is the right kind of player we should if we want a defensive player. He wasn't even there today. And we still got kind of outbattled in the midfield. Uh, You know, and and at the same time as well, like Matic actually played really well. That's the thing. Mm. So That just shows you that Pogba was even worse than it looked. And he wasn't creating anything either. You can forgive it if he's creating some chances for somebody, uh, if he's not doing all that defensive thing. Uh, And then, you know, it's this same old kind of boring question that comes up every time and there's no answer to it of how come Paul Bobba goes to play for France and plays in a midfield and... It seems to do really well. And in the past, people always said, Oh, it's because he's got Kante next to him and he does the running of two men. But lately, Kante's not even been playing for France. So he's not that's not even the answer to that question. It's not about Kante. I think the other day, um, who was he in midfield with? I think you even commented on it. You were like, Oh, can Rabio have Yeah, Rabio Pogba, who's not like the most <laughs> defensive midfielder you've seen either. Although, yeah, I know he can play like a sitting holding role, but he's not a defensive midfielder in any way. Um,
2: yeah. oh, To be fair, France do play a back three, three. It's really a back yeah, five. they did
1: play a back three. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Their fullbacks are defenders as well, and that's why they play. So even like Rabiot, Pogba, Griezmann, that's how kind of attacking they're kind of going in that middle area because they still have Mbappe, they still have Benzema. Um, but yeah, you're right. They play almost a back five. Their fullbacks do not attack that much. Uh, and to be and, fair, yeah. France
2: are, France are usually... Terrible in games until they're amazing in games. <laughs> like they like have a switch that suddenly. Actually, we need to turn it on now, and then they'll be really good for a bit. Um, but yeah, he does genuinely. I don't know. Does he care more for France? Maybe it's a very easy and unquantifiable thing to to fall upon. that you know, the does he care I, thing. But um, I,
1: I, you know, I, he gets that a lot, and I I personally don't think it is that case. I think maybe he's more comfortable for France, maybe he feels Maybe he knows what his job of... is more for France yeah, 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 he feels more part of a system he knows where he's supposed to be um, but you know, the thing is I've seen him play for France and him actually do a really good defensive job, it's not that he's not having to do the defensive job and other people are covering for him, he actually does a good defensive job, which is why it then becomes all the more frustrating when you see him turn out for us and just yeah, often sometimes giving the ball away in bad places and not picking up players when he needs to be. And yeah, it's a massive issue. As I say, you know, it has been the defense giving away goals, but it's when you're giving away goals like that, it's not only about the defense, it's a team game. Mm. And it all comes from what's happening in front of them. Another Uh, big
2: thing is Bruno's position this season is so high. I cannot recall it being this high up the pitch um, last season, particularly. But he's basically just alongside Ronaldo most of the time. And there's just a giant gap behind him. And it's also kind of affecting his work rate because he is probably by instruction. You imagine playing so high that he doesn't. He, he's like his work rate to come back isn't isn't at the level it was when he like you know when he first started. And he was all over the place. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he's yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this. He's almost a number. He's also almost a four four two at times with how high he is.
1: I mean, I think he has often been like that before. I know there's even been times in last season where he was often our furthest player forward. Uh, you know, the average position charts is... Ah, but that is when that
2: is when you would have it with, like, Martial, yeah. who does drop deep anyway yeah. and drops out wide and stuff. But when, when you've got Ronaldo, who is literally just staying up front the whole time, and your average position is almost alongside him, then you're probably a bit too high, no?
1: I do, yeah, see where you're at there. And I did notice as well that, They did have some link-up for Portugal uh, midweek, whereas before Ronaldo joined us, there'd been this kind of backstory of that, oh, Ronaldo and Bruno have never linked up that well, and that even for Portugal, he'd never assisted for Ronaldo or vice versa. Whereas I saw in the international game they were doing that already and playing well for Portugal together. So it shouldn't really be this kind of issue between them. But yeah, look, Bruno's not had a good game today, and that's our issue. The creative players, Bruno, Pogba, Sancho, I've not created anything for Ronaldo. There was one kind of chance I remember that I thought he could have done better with where he was quite central, but the ball was coming in the air. Um, but yeah, he you can't say that he missed any sitters. Uh, I think there was one, like I said, there was just one where he had a chance one-on-one maybe with the goalie, uh, but there were still defenders around him. But apart from that, I don't remember Ronaldo being created that many chances and he's not now at the point where he's going to create those chances himself, really.
2: Yeah, um, and then the problem with that is when Bruno's not playing well, Ole doesn't want to sub him. And he didn't want that, to sub... We have now two players on the pitch where Ole doesn't want to sub them when they're being terrible. And that's that are two central players. It's it's not it's not great.
1: Yeah, it is a major issue. Uh, you know, Ole is very loyal to certain players and it could be his downfall in the end. Uh, and, you know, it can also, as I say, you know, not only the loyalty to them, It starts being people, whether it's Van der Beek, whether it's Lingard, who are sat around or on the bench and saying, look, you know, I need to play more. Mm. Uh, You know, soon, in another month or so's time, we'll obviously start talking about the winter transfer window. And we have Pogba and Lingard, who in January are going to be able to talk to other clubs. Uh, You know, it's not a good situation to be in. Um, With Lingard, I can kind of understand how it's got to that situation, because he wasn't that great for us, and then, you know, went on loan. But yeah, I can also, with Lingard, I kind of sympathize and say I can understand why he wouldn't sign a new contract because he's not playing that much and he has actually been playing pretty well when he has played. So he kind of deserves maybe to play a bit more. Whereas with Pogba, I am pretty annoyed that we start getting towards Christmas and he's still got his whole thing just up in the air. And again, you know, whenever Pogba goes off on international duty, there's always some quotes some always questions about it. And, you know, he just kind of said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm happy at United at the moment and we'll see what happens in next year. Uh, And, you know, that for me is not really enough. You know, if players aren't committed, then, yeah, we need to sell them and move on from there.
2: I mean, it's Pogba, isn't it? I don't know. I feel like probably, I assume the club have been trying to get him to sign up for a while, but it's just not possible, especially with, like, the today's player as well. Like, I think a lot more especially big names. I mean, Mbappe is doing it at PSG as well. So it's just, just kind of how these things, things go. nowadays. we've got to ride with it. But yeah, I, I personally, that's why I wouldn't have minded him going in the summer just because of this contract thing. Um, better to get some money for him in the summer than losing him on a free. But that's, yeah, a, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons
1: face. that Ole is keeping van der Beek around. It's kind of like, in if case Bob of emergency, we need him. And, uh, and, It's because of the Pogba issue that Van der Beek's whole career is just on hold. Uh, Because, you know, Pogba might have left in the summer. And then, yeah, I'm sure Van der Beek would have played quite a few times this season. In the end, he didn't leave. Transwinder closes. Ole couldn't let go of Van der Beek until it's confirmed either way. Still, all this kind of season, we're like up in the air with Pogba. And it's definitely going to start creating unhappiness in the squad. And that is one thing Ole doesn't want. Because I think up till now, whatever anyone says, the squad have been well behind him and you know he is a manager who gives a lot of trust to players a lot of freedom to players uh, you know totally the opposite from somebody like Mourinho or even Van Hal who we had before who were like very specific very rigid and players often did come out after leaving and saying you know they weren't that happy about how rigid sometimes things were whereas Ole is the opposite he lets players give freedom says listen you go out and express yourself and do your thing um and that's why the players are behind him so there's definitely not been any issues there but I'll, of course, if you start having players who are coming out of contract, not that committed, if you start having people who are saying, well, look, I'm not happy now with the amount of minutes I'm playing. and well, There's definitely going to be people, whether it's Van der Beek, whether it's Baye, uh, Lingard, who are now going to start saying hmm. to the manager, listen, you know, when is my chance? When am I going to play? I mean,
2: Respect- if you're Baye today, I don't know how you can be fully happy or on board because you just feel so slighted, surely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, these are the days where he has an absolute legitimate claim to go to the manager and say, listen, I'm not playing that day. And when am I going to play? Mm. Uh, the
2: thing, the thing with that, the thing as well with that is, like, if Lindelof and Bay start today, right, and we lost, would anyone blame Ollie for play- picking them? No, because his hands are tied. They're the only centre-backs we have, right? By picking Maguire, Ollie makes a rod for his own back. I don't know why he does it. Like, is it fear? Is he just scared that he, ne- he needs to have Maguire in there for whatever reason? Like, can't be without him? Uh, I mean, I think uh...
1: the reason he's, you know, it's to do with leadership on the field. It's to do with that Varane's also out. Uh, you know, if Varane was out, then I'm sure he wouldn't have rushed Maguire back if Varane was available. Uh, maybe then. And then plus, of course, we didn't have his favorite solid midfield of McFred available either. So yeah, I think it all comes down to these kind of things where he obviously thought a half-fit Harry Maguire was a better option than a fully-fit Eric Bailly. And, you know, you don't have a fully-fit Eric Bailly very often, but we do actually seem to have him at the moment. Because, as I said, he paid 90 minutes midweek for Ivory Coast. So, yeah, it's a rare thing to have a fully-fit Eric Bailly. So, when you have it, you might as well make use of it. Because, you know, the next injury is only just around the corner. Um, But, yeah, as I say, there is now going to be kind of rumblings of discontent around that squad that, for sure, has been very happy, has been a squad that were behind the manager. And yeah, he's the one who's going to have to now see how he goes and where he rotates, especially when things aren't working. You know, other players have to be given their chances. Uh, you know, Van der Beek should be given a chance. We've everybody said it now for a while. Uh, and this a game like today, where we weren't keeping hold of the midfield, weren't keeping hold of the ball, could have been one way. Really, was the right day for him as well. Mm. Uh, well, he so, did
2: yeah. say in the presser that what he said something has to change or something, or maybe something's got to give. It's hard to know what that something is unless he's really going to drop Ronaldo or drop Bruno or drop Pogba. I mean, to be fair, he does take Pogba out of the lineup. That's one player he's not scared of really taking out. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Um, the Liverpool lineup will be interesting, I guess, because, I mean, it'll probably be back to Freddie McTominay, won't it, by then?
1: Well, we've got Atalanta first. Uh, I mean, before we get onto that, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, thanks to them. For keeping this podcast going. And thanks to all our listeners who've used our code, which is United Hour. If you head over to manscaped.com, you will get 20% off everything on the website. And yeah, thanks to all you guys because it's only due to you keep using the code that Manscaped have kept sponsoring us and they will do till the end of the year. And uh, thanks, this, guys. This- I've got my, you know, they always keep sending us new copy and I'm always interested to see what we get. So we've had some football related ones recently that I was pleased by. This one is a Halloween one and I warn you now that it's very, very cringy, but I am going to read it anyway. I'm ready. Uh, Oh no, it's a bloodbath in here. There's got to be a better way to get my dagger clean and shiny safe than this. This is what I used to deal with when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping my dagger slick and ready for wherever the night takes me. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code UNITEDHOUR. So there you go guys. Time the end of the day, of shaving your balls, ending up looking like a horror movie. The folks at Manscaped have the perfect package to get this done. There you go. Could have been worse. That's your Halloween Manscaped one. I think you might you might hear that once more next week or something and then we won't have to do that one again, thankfully. There's a reason uh... why I
2: gave up hosting duties. <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, as I said, the next game is Atalanta. And, you know, you'd say in our group that they're the second best team. Uh, We beat Villarreal, though we didn't perform very well in our last game. We've now got Atalanta at home. And just because of the pressure on Ole and how we lost that game at Young Boys, we've got to win this game now, don't we?
2: Oh, yeah. It's a must-win game, especially because it's home. Atalanta are a good side, though. Um, lots of energy lots of running it's going to be tricky uh, but yeah it's a must win for us and it has to be it has to be better than that Villarreal game which is still a minor miracle that we won that game let's be honest um, but yeah huge
1: yeah as we're recording this uh, Atalanta have not played yet this weekend they're playing no, tomorrow they're playing against tomorrow them. Yeah. they lost their last game to AC Milan 3-2 Uh, but they did win their last Champions League game by beating young boys. And they've had a kind of okay ish start to the season. They also drew with Villarreal. Then they drew with Inter Milan. Uh, So they've been okay. But yeah, they're a team that, as far as I know, I don't think we've ever played before. I don't think there's any history in this fixture whatsoever. Um, I did actually consider going to this game um, because I've got a friend of mine who lives out in Milan. And for those people who don't know, Atalanta... just kind of outside, they're like a suburb of Milan. Uh, You know, they're not traditionally one of the big clubs, but I think they came into money with an owner relatively recently. They've spent well, built well, and they've been in the Champions League for a couple of years now. So yeah, built the club in the right way. And yeah, flights were something ridiculous because, you know, people are still unsure about travelling with COVID. So even though I wasn't that sure about getting a ticket, Uh, because yeah, for our listeners who don't know, if you want to go to a European away game with United nowadays, you have to have built up like credits. So those who've been to more away games before build up credits. And I think you needed something like five, six credits. And I've not been away in Europe for ages. Like since my daughter was born, I've actually not been away in Europe, whereas it used to be a relatively regular thing for me. So I'm down at zero credits at the moment. But I was thinking about going out anyway, just for like the experience, not having done it for ages. And as I said, I could fly to Milan pretty cheaply, but I'm not going to do it now. Uh, are you going to the home game, Imran?
2: Yeah, I'll be there on uh, on Wednesday. I, d- I missed the Villarreal game, actually. So my first Champions League game of the season. Um I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's long and short of it, I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea what team he'll start. No idea how we'll play. I have no idea how they'll play. Anything could happen. I imagine it'll be tight, but yeah, I'm not sure.
1: I don't think we'll yeah. run
2: away with it or anything.
1: I, you'd expect not. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think Atalanta are, not. Uh, not. I was going to say a typically Italian team, but as I said, I had a bit of a scouting report from Italy and they're not actually like such a typical Italian team. And they've got quite a few foreign players in the team as well. As I said, they've spent a bit of money and they have quite a few different nationalities. So I think there's actually only like a couple of players in that team who are Italian. Uh, They're not sort of team who like well represented in the Italian squad at all. I mean, yeah, one of the players I remember actually from the Euros, uh, who's a big name now, was that right back, uh, Danish right back, Joachim Mahler, who looks damn good. He's over there. Uh, I think he even scored for Denmark. He did, he scored
2: for Denmark. Quality player.
1: Yeah, so yeah, he's over there. And like you say, when you look down their list, there's actually not that many Italians in this team at all. Uh, There's Argentinians in there, there's Turkish, uh, Czechs and... So yeah, they've got quite a mix in over there, but yeah, they've put together a good team, and we might get some kind of inside track. And I don't know. Do you think Ole would speak to somebody like Ahmad, even though he's only a kid? Do you think he'd get any kind of like insider knowledge on these teams? I always wonder these kind of things. Like, do you think he'd talk to somebody like Ahmad and try and get some things there? Or because he's that young, do you think he doesn't? We won't really think that he's going to have any tactical knowledge to give on what's going on with his old team. I
2: mean, you'd think he'd, he'd speak to Ronaldo, surely, because he played against them last year. Yeah.
1: Good point, Uh, good point. He will know very well this team uh, and should have more kind of tactical side, especially on kind of how he can play as an attacker against their defence. And like you say, we don't really know what kind of team he'll go there. Uh, You know, is it finally going to be that chance for Donny van der Beek? Something, (laughs) yeah, Mm. something has to change. Something has to change here, right? You can't just keep going with the same thing.
2: I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that shocked if maguire was out and it was baye and lindelof in defence uh, i mean and after we're just that like yep he's not fit yeah. <laughs> he's not fit at all surprise surprise he's not fit um but yeah it could be, it could i mean you'd think there'd be some changes come in um sancho would probably come out Maybe even bruno might come out i don't think it'd be the worst thing for bruno to take a, a spot on the bench for a um i mean he's not playing brilliantly so yeah i don't know
1: and lingard is playing very well Uh, You know, coming into Bruno's position, I guess you've got Lingard or Van der Beek, although I don't think that Ole will play Van der Beek around that area. I think he sees him as an option in the double pivot and he's only like the last option if two or three others are injured, I guess it seems at the moment. Uh, But yeah, I'd I say, it's difficult to know which way he goes for this game. Uh, You know, even it was always in Europe last year that sometimes he did experiment a bit and there was a couple of times he played the diamond or three at the back. It was in the Premier League, we tended to stick pretty rigidly to our system in Europe. He often did something different. Uh, So, yeah, we'll let's wait and see how we do over there. Um, I don't think we will record after that Atalanta game, but we will be back for sure after the weekend's match. And, look, we'll give it a quick preview. Uh, You know, it probably deserves more time. But, yeah, Liverpool, our biggest game of the season in terms of rivalry. They are on very good form, top of the league. Salah is just yeah, you know, a lot of people are saying Salah is better than Messi and Ronaldo, and on kind of current form, yeah, maybe it's difficult to disagree with. But he's never played that well against us, has he?
2: He scored in our last game. Remember Dean Henderson just being rooted to his line. Uh, I actually don't I think, think that was the p-
1: first time he'd ever scored yeah, I think against that, us.
2: Yeah, I think I don't think he had a bad game in general that day. Um, but Yeah, you have to worry about that. And plus, Mane is looking a lot better this season. Firmino just got a hat trick. They've got their proper defence back. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it pains you to say it, but they're looking very, very good again this year. Um, and they're in a great moment just off the back of a 5 0 win. We are not in a great moment. So, logic would tell you this is that time for Oli to pull it out the back and produce a miracle result. I really hope we do. Um, I just don't see it. especially with that. I mean, our, what was our Old Trafford form this season? 1 2, lost 1 in the league. I mean, lost uh, lost one, drawn one. So it's not exactly a fortress, and I think, I think they'll be up for it, you know. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it, we don't know what type of team he'll play. You would worry, though, with uh, what, what, I mean, if Ronaldo was not doing anything in this game, you'd wonder what he would do against Liverpool when we don't have much of the ball at all, just be very isolated up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't actually mention that today was the day that we finally lost that longest unbeaten away run. Uh, that stretches back. I can't remember it is now 26 games or something like that, and it was a record. But yeah, today was the day it went. And you're right, it's actually been our away form that had been better than our home form, and we were expecting that this would change with fans back in the stadium. And we have had two damn good days for the fans back in the stadium. That Leeds United opening day of the season, Ronaldo's return with Newcastle were great days for the fans to be back at Old Trafford. And then yeah, of course they did manage to pull out a win against Villarreal, even if we didn't play that well. But then, yeah, lost to Villa. And now, yeah, we've got Liverpool coming up. Uh, I will be there, being a big game red nowadays. so I only show up for these ones. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's hope the boys pull out. I think a lot we have done. We've done it so many times, even when we were a lot worse than we are now. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about getting up for these games. But, yeah, it's the whole kind of next section of 5-10 games that we have to see where we're at. But yeah, look, we will be back after that Liverpool game. We know how that game will go, because it's happened before. As I said, Ole has a really great record against the likes of Pep. Not as good against Klopp, but yeah, it's not done too badly either. But even though sometimes we've had a decent performance and it's not worked out. Like you, Imran, I say it's difficult to predict anything until you see our team nowadays. And you're not too sure where we're at. Whereas, you know, we were getting quite a settled team at one point. Now things are a little bit up in the air and it's up to Ole to find that right ingredient. And I'll say, yeah, he's got five, 10 games run now to show that he does deserve to take this team to the end of the Hmm. season. So, Uh, So as a, so what,
2: as a, to wrap up, what would be, what would, what would take you over to the, it's time for him to go?
1: If we're like way off top four, if we're way off top four, by you know getting to christmas time then i'll say yeah listen there's no excuses because the difference is like i say the expectation level is different and it's fair for it to be different you know i myself when other people are only out saying listen he's doing a good job with what he's got and you know we can't expect much more with the squad he's got now he's got a damn good squad so they have to do better. And like i always said there has to be season-on-season season progress as well for me to keep faith with the manager. And previously, there had been season-on-season season progress. You know, we came third, then we came second, we got to a final. Uh, so there has to be some progress mm. from there. So we have to stay around top four and not be too far off top spot and progress in that Champions League. Uh, and yeah, if those things aren't happening and we get towards December, then yeah, maybe I will change my mind at that point as well. If we, if we get smashed by... Liverpool and City and Spurs? Well, then, yeah, I think, then, I think <laughs> it's absolutely fair to start talking about that. Uh, yeah, for sure. If we lose all of those three matches, then, yeah, definitely. There's no way, especially when we've lost today as well. By that point, I'm sure we'll be way off. And then, yeah, I think it is fair to start talking about change of manager. But yeah, Uh, we're not going to get to that point. Because as I said, we've been here before. (laughs) Ole's pulled it out. And we've got even better players now. It just needs to find that right kind of ingredients. And as I say, at the start of the season, we did play well against Leeds, against Newcastle. And then since then, we have lost our way a bit. And we've not had a really good performance in the last two months, unfortunately. Uh, But yeah, a couple of players coming back in. Cavani, Fred, Rashford. Uh, I think we should go back to where we were last season. And this Rikes of Sancho and even Ronaldo, may have to like fight their way in and say, yeah, I deserve to be in this team and I'm not just playing because of my name. Yeah. Well, I wish I had your optimism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, as I said, we will be back after that Liverpool game, which we will both be at. And in fact, Alex Locker, I think, is joining me for that one as well because he's also one who only rolls himself out for the big games this season. Uh, No, that's that's actually unfair because in fact, Alex has asked me for tickets for even... Palace and Atalanta and stuff like that this year so yeah I think uh he was looking forward to getting back to Old Trafford himself but yeah you will get our match report after Liverpool uh and yeah we'll see you back after that one uh the usual please do hit us up Twitter is our main social media search for United Hour thanks very much to our Patreon guys uh I do kind of want to apologize because we have kind of ignored you guys and we should be putting out some extra stuff for you and we will do that ASAP. And do please go straight onto the review if you're listening to this podcast on Apple. Please go immediately and give us a five-star review. Only Thank five you stars. very much. Yeah, only five stars. If it's four, then yeah, don't bother. And if it's not that, then just switch off now and don't come back here. <laughs> if, you,
2: if you think Nick is too positive, give us five stars and say that Nick is uh, annoying and positive. If you think I'm
1: too negative, give us five stars and tell me I'm a dick. It works <laughs> out either way. Oh, yeah. All feedback is good. And you can also head to redcafe.net where there's usually some discussion about each uh, episode if you want to join the discussion over there. And yeah, that's all from us now. We will see you back after United versus Liverpool. Good night. Cheers.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.